The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day.
Yes, yes, wow. yes. I finally, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, got my co-pilot, Michael Sean Lee, to agree to a Huey Lewis a little bit the of new Huey, song. A little bit of Huey. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, look, a little bit of Huey's good for you. Hey, you know, I got to admit. Oh, here it goes. I have, I have <laughs> revised my opinion. Uh, if Not necessarily the band, but of Huey Lewis himself, courtesy of the Dave Grohl book, Storyteller. All right. He spoke very highly of Huey. I don't know how many people know that dude blows a mean harp. Total. And, uh, you know, that's just, you blow mean harp, you're cool. It's yeah. just, that's the way it works. And I would, uh, you know, recommend also seeing the revamped um, Behind the Music All right. series that they have. I believe it's on Amazon now. Okay. And the Huey Lewis one was one of the ones they revisited because, of course, of his, his hearing difficulties. Right. And his battles with, you know, basically extreme vertigo. And, yeah, you learn a lot about the character, all yeah. self-taught. And he's a musician's musician, as is his band. Yeah. And uh, if it makes you feel a little bit better, okay. when I was in high school or just basically during the 80s when they had their quote-unquote heyday, right. I was not a huge Huey Lewis fan. Because really? it, they did not seem, this might seem familiar, they did not seem legitimate to me <laughs> because they had no edge. Right. Yeah. yeah and at that age, that's how you grade your, your musical heroes. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Heroes. And that was, that was pretty much a... Hallmark of the 80s. Yep. You know, a lot of these guys cashed in, cashed in heavy sure, duty. Sure, sure. And, you know, in retrospect, you know, having, you know, gotten a little on in years, I can mm. understand you have the opportunity to make some money. Right. Particularly if you're a musician, you actually live in that life that you do so. Sure. You know, I'm not nearly as critical of the guys that did that as I once was. Right. And now with the space of time and security in our own selves, we can recognize talent for what it is. Yeah. And they were very good at what they did. They wanted a lighthearted band with R&B roots, with easy-to-sing lyrics, and look, they hit a home run. Yeah. Right? Those guys could play. You can't dispute that. So that little tune right there was uh, a couple days off from their 1991 album. Uh, Stumbling around in the dark, but he's recovered now, folks. He's yeah. got the specs. Obviously, it was hard at play. It was the name <laughs> of the album. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. And I, I should remember that because that was really, uh, even though they did two albums after that, that was the, pretty much the last hurrah for right. the radio playability of Huey Lewis sure. and the News. And that song suits our purposes. Yes. Uh, as, as is always the case. Yes. There is an agenda. agenda. <laughs> There's a tie-in here. All right. And basically, today, it's look, it's, it's not a, a, a hardcore bludgeon people over the head you know, choose this or that or you're done kind right, of topic. Right. It's uh, something that's getting a lot of, like, talk about on the news and whatnot and yeah. social circles. The uh, the dreaded five-day work week is maybe going the way of the dinosaurs? And maybe supplanted by the apparently even more dreaded four-day Ah, to four-day or to not four-day. That is the question. <laughs> wow. He's a poet <laughs> and he didn't know it. But yes. Well, benefits of a classical education. Who would think that there would be a debate in modern society yeah. amongst the four-dayers and the five-dayers? Uh, well, this is why we do a podcast. We're yeah. going to talk about it. And there's no figures to support, at least that we have any faith in, the benefits of one versus the other. Yeah. 
society at large, at least the working class society, seems to be kind of evenly split on it. Yeah. Well, let's face it, man. The pandemic wrecking balled a lot of old models. Yes. And you're right. If not for the pandemic, we would not be having this conversation. No, not at all. Not at all. And it was kind of interesting in doing the research. I didn't know, but the model, the four-day workweek model, has been uh, experimented with quite extensively uh, overseas in Europe and whatnot. I fart in your general direction. And it seems like universally, well, I should say universally, but with most of the countries that have experimented with it, the results have either been, uh, you know, we could go either way on this, mm-hmm. or, wow, this is a breakthrough. Right. Nobody has flat out slam dunked it. Nobody's come through and said, no, nah, it's a bad idea, we're not doing it. Right. And, uh, and that, that speaks volumes. It's kind of yeah. like, okay, this is, this is more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, as, as Americans, we like to corp- compartmentalize things. But in this case, it's tough because, you know, some occupations and some jobs really lend themselves to a five-day work week. Yeah, there's some where it's unavoidable. You, could, exactly. you couldn't adopt this model. Right. Now, in terms of, of the other jobs that could, like a lot of office jobs, yeah, could maybe be four days a week. That's been, it's not a brand new idea because a lot of places have been bandying about the four-day uh, ten hour per day work week yeah. formula. Yeah, and it it there's it seems like with a lot of these industries in Europe and whatnot, the formula is something they call one hundred eighty one hundred eight or one hundred eighty one hundred, which is basically one hundred percent of the compensation, eighty percent of the time, but one hundred percent of the productivity. Got it. And it's like if you could pull that off, right? You could you could justify this. Yeah, because now you know being the. Um, <laughs> And I, I want to pick up the right name for myself here, and all I can think of is like '60s cartoons, uh, <laughs> like Mr. Slate or the, or the boss from the Flintstones. Yeah. You know. But <laughs> as those characters, I want to sit here and, and say, as I'm dictating to my HR department, why are we going to pay somebody the same salary per year if they're only working four days a week versus five? And that's yeah. the first thing in this entire argument. That that hits me. So yeah. maybe I'm part of the problem. I'm the man now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Allow myself to introduce myself. Well, we're Americans, <laughs> so that means that we're materialistic, we're greedy, and we're obsessed. We're yes. driven. Yes. And it also means to a great degree that we're not real fond of change. Right. You know, we got the model, it's been working pretty good so far. Why are we gonna screw around with it? And as is always the case, we think whatever the you know not maybe the last generation, but the two or three after that that are now coming up, we, we're branding them lazy and shiftless <laughs> as the day is long. <laughs> which is not new. You yeah, know, which is it, not always necessarily the case either. No. Although I'll say in this case, maybe maybe it's, it's close. Cause, <laughs> cause well, it, it is incumbent <laughs> on you know the current generation in control, in charge, to bash on the upcoming generation it's because let's face it they're, yeah. they're, they're a threat they, no pun intended you know, it's our job they're gonna pu- yeah they're gonna push us along they're gonna push us out eventually yep. we're gonna have to wrap our brains around it and they come along with their newfangled ideas yeah. you know and their funky hairstyles and their weird clothes and how they they <laughs> don't shave and they're dirty and all this other shit and there's this damn rock and roll which I still think is you not know, gonna last you know is yeah <laughs> Where are the morals? Where are the morals of this younger Somebody generation? Somebody give me my Reader's Digest. I'm telling you, man. And my glasses. Where are my glasses? <laughs> and maybe, as we make light of it, maybe it's because you and I, who are in our early, early, don't go there. Early don't 50s. Do it. Oh, yeah, I just, Jesus. No. I can't specify early enough there. Uh, but 
you know, we're look, we're we're setting our ways, and we're potential victims, if that's how things play out, of ageism in the workplace. Luckily, we both do things that have a very long shelf life. Yes. Right. Yes. But yeah, we're wary of of all this stuff, and. Again, if I'm going to be Mr. Slate, (laughs) I'm going to obsess about this dude now. Or Mr. Burns. There we go. You're going to wake up screaming, no. Right. Excellent. Um, I I, I don't see the validity of, you know, maybe it turns into a situation where you've got uh, a part time, uh, a super part time, and then a full time position with the salaries based accordingly. But at the same time, it has to be said that I have never been a proponent of people working more than eight hours per day. No. As it's, put it this way, here's a caveat, as it's uh, written in the handbook, let's say. So if you can't get what you've got to get done, as is your job, in eight hours, either you got some jacked up work habits or they're giving you too much to do. Something yeah. needs to be adjusted there. Yeah. Well, I was really fortunate. My first like real professional gig coming out of college, I didn't know it at the time because it was my first professional gig coming out gotcha. of college, gotcha. but my boss was very much, you know, get your work done. I don't care, you know, how long it takes you. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care if you're sober or not. When you come to work, get your work done, make sure it's good, and then get up. Out of here. Yeah. You know, and that was like, yeah, cool. Seemed like common sense. Mm-hmm. By you the know, way, folks, the uh, name of the boss I was looking for is Mr. Spacely. Ah, yeah. Spacely Sprockets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go ahead, sir. Jesus, are we <laughs> old? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I didn't know it at the time, but that was a very progressive approach to things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the, the whole thing really, really depends on that 100% productivity. Uh, part of the equation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can pull off, if you can do what you need to do, you know, in however many hours it takes over the course of the day, then do it. And I mean, we might, you know, be getting a little long in the tooth, but we're not stupid. It's like, you know, get the job done. Right. You know, and yes, diminishing returns. It seems in the past when I've worked, you know, 10, 12, 14 hours, whatever, the quality of the work plummets mm-hmm. after a certain point. You know, that's just a fact. There's no debating it. And let's also face it, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are clock watchers in the reverse direction. Oh, yeah. And they will sit there and milk the clock for as many hours as they can in a given day. Without a doubt. And it's like, hello, as they say, labor is the biggest controllable expense in most businesses. Yeah. So you got those cats out there, too. So where do you find the happy medium? Yeah. And if you look at, you know, around the world, the different countries and how many hours on average people put in mm-hmm. you know it goes from one extreme apparently in egypt the average egyptian that's an odd thought isn't it the average egyptian <laughs> uh works 53 hours a week the average australian 29 wow and these numbers vary depending on who you ask but sure. ballpark but i mean if you look at that that's a pretty significant disparity that's a huge disparity yeah you know i mean if you can get your job done in 30 hours, do it. Get the hell out, you know? Right. It's like the old saying goes, you know, you can do what you want, but don't do it here. Go sure. away, you know? And <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me. But yeah, like we were talking about, not every industry would be able to do this. Right. You know, it, it's not going to get adopted 100% across the board. That's just not possible. Right. But again, this is one of these newfangled ideas that, yeah. you know, oh my goodness, you know, changes upon us. But if you think about it, I mean, let's take a look at our different scenarios. Yeah. Your average shift worker in a factory, you would think, by conventional wisdom, that if they worked 
seven hours a day instead of eight, still got their lunchtime, all yep. that good stuff, they would be sharper and would have a better attention to detail than doing the same thing for eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I hate to bring this up just because it's such a cliche that we hammer the millennials and the Generation Z folks with, but they've been focused a lot more on the quote-unquote quality of life than mm-hmm. we ever were, or, of course, that our parents' generation was into, you know, and the whole work-life balance. You know, as much as we poo-poo that, as much as we, you know, throw shade at it, there's an argument to be made there. Right. You know, there really is, you know, and it's been my experience, and we've both worked in management for quite some time now, that somebody who's got a healthy life outside of work does a better quality of work. Sad but true. Yeah. You it's know? undeniable. Yeah. Yeah. So And there are some jobs, you know, moving to the next example, that kinda lend themselves to the overtime maelstrom because it, it, it's always needed because of the demands of the job. And in, in this case, I'm specifically thinking about police, firemen, first responders. Yeah. It's very difficult to put in just a hard eight and then hands up in the air, all right, I'm done for today. Boop. Because you never know what's going on. True. And as necessity dictates, they're often, and many of these these folks will tell you. Their overtime is their bread and butter. Yeah. Because they're not making a whole lot of money, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they're always going to be more apt to put in more time. But then even if you go back to another uh, occupation that has, you know, hours in stone a la teachers. Right. Okay. You can't do a four-day work week no, that's on not a gonna teacher. Work. Well, right. Again, classic example of an industry where that's not going to work. Right. Unless you're going to cut down the kids' School day to four four Which days and just opens up a giant can of worms that yeah. will dilute the argument in the first well, place. Well, one of the things we found out during the pandemic, something that you know very few people wanted to actually cop to, but is in fact the truth, is that school, elementary school in particular, is daycare. Yeah, it's daycare. You know, yeah. what else are you going to do with the kids while well, you're off at work? Yep. You know, making the, making the money and you know keeping the keeping the lights on, keeping the roof above everybody's head, and keeping food on the table. Yeah, and that's not to you know take anything away from the teachers oh, no. that are doing this, but again, it's it's kind of like yeah, we went through the experiment of, of you know learning from home and the Zoom, and it's not the same. No. The kids, they're 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 in a deficit. They might never dig themselves out of. In damage their was done. Done. Yeah. yeah, a disturbing level of not damage. to mention the social aspect of of wearing a mask every day, but yeah. that's. That's a rant for completely, a different day. Completely different topic, <laughs> and yeah, don't get me going on that. Yep. Jesus, but uh, but yeah, a lot of lot of lot of facets to consider on this. You know, the bottom line to me is, you know, are we afraid to change? You know, are we afraid to take on new new ideas? Are we afraid to give this a shot? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, quite frankly, in the end, we can always take it back. Right. You know. But then again, now here's a different way to look at it. If something's going to be done, and it should be done now, because kind of married to the American Work Week yeah. is that little social program we've got that started in the 40s called Social Security. Indeed. And their best laid plan right now, because it's almost like the fund running dry is an inevitability, okay? So the best idea I've heard so far is telling those entering the workforce now or within the next two, three years, Yeah. guess what? It's either going to be gone or severely limited by the time you retire. We're telling you now before you start working. Yeah. That's what's up. So, so you got to think to this yourself. Is, this is where we, we introduce the Logan's Run scenario. <laughs> you know, the assisted suicide. You're such a doomist. You know what they're doing up in Canada now. It's like, you want to off yourself? Go ahead. Let's Here not we bring go. America's hat into this. They're just... <laughs> 
They're <laughs> weird up there. They say there a boot. Our, and, there yeah. goes our Canadian audience. Right. Uh. Done. Done. I don't trust them Canadians. You know. But uh, it, it's kind of like if you're going to do a paradigm shift, now is the time to do it. Yeah. But it, uh, you know, it, it's it's married to our economic system. It's it's a part of our culture. It's a part of our music. Yeah. As you'll see today, folks, by the gem. <laughs> you know, it's it's drudgery. Five days a week is drudgery. But it's one of those few things that unless you're part of the elite sect in this country or if you strike it rich somehow, everybody does it. Well, the thing that we don't talk about too much and the thing that, that we probably need to focus on and maybe work our way out of is how much our identity mm-hmm. is welded to what we do. I mean, when you start a conversation with somebody at a party, what's the first thing you ask? Hey, what do you do? Yeah. You know? and It's, it's one it, of the few safe questions we're still allowed to <laughs> yeah, ask. Exactly. But it, like, it defines people. Yep. You know, and I'm not, you know, I don't mean to sound like a you know, progressive idiot, but I'm not so sure that's cool. I'm not so sure that's yeah. a good thing. You um, know, and I said to you one time when we talked about this off camera, and again, not to be a dick, <laughs> but... I am middle-aged and white, so it's, it's, it's my birthright. Well, I'm going to go. Yeah. Let's say tomorrow they start with a four-day work week. Right. Okay? Yeah. Now, people like you and I or, or anybody that's, you know, at that age bracket, that is at that level of their respective careers, they're not going to do four days. They're going to keep doing five days, especially your experience management. Look, they're locked in. They're doing five it's days. It's what you know. So yeah. the younger set, who I adore. Don't get me wrong. We were all there once. What are they going to do? Seriously, what are they going to do with three days off? That's a really good question. They can't make their money last from you know Monday to Monday <laughs> or Friday to Friday as it is. You throw a nonstop torrent of three-day weekends at the millennials or the, was it, what's after them? The, the Zoomers. Z? Okay. Yeah. And tell me they're just not going to piss through it drinking and the like every single damn weekend because they're gonna um i don't mean to throw shade on you johnny but i got no problem with that <laughs> you know wow. if you want to if you want to balance out your work life with party go for it you know because my personal experience is you can only get away with that shit for so long right well here, here's the thing and this is the direction i'm coming from all right the work-life balance doesn't uh, apply to kids and i'm sorry 20 something to call <laughs> your kids but it is what it is Look, I was there. Okay, all right, five nights drunk, but as long as I space it to every other one, I'm not an alcoholic. Weekend, woo! I mean, I, I, I think I might have coined the phrase uh, for Thursdays and just started calling it Friday Eve because right. that's how anxious I was to start the weekend. I remember those days. And look, the, the kids today are no different, and plus there's a lot more ways for them to be dysfunctional and waste their money than you and I ever had. Awesome, okay? But, you know, man up. Learn how to work with a hangover. Got a beer? Seven o'clock in the morning. Scotch? Look. <laughs> we both employ young people. Now rethink that statement. Yeah, all right, all right. It's just yet another lost art form. Indeed. I mean, a very young Johnny Teflon could come into work with a bender wearing a tuxedo, appear to be sharp as a whip, but just dead inside. Pers- perspiring like hell in an air conditioned office. Sweating Johnny Black as the day <laughs> is long. I was glistening with scotch sweat. But yet, I powered through and got the job done. Yeah, you know, it's a rite of passage. Today's generation, I just don't think they uh, have the moxie. Sorry, I, I don't think they can pull it off. I'm pulling the ageism well, on this I, one, again, sir. Again, it is incumbent upon us to bash on them. That's the yep. way it works. And kids, one of these days, you'll do the same. You know, with the generation coming <laughs> up behind you. 
you know, your miscreant offspring, you know, will come chasing after your ass, and you'll start being a little bit paranoid, a little, a little insecure about your place in things. Indeed. And, uh, and you'll start bashing away, too. You throw the wrecking ball right at them. And you may or may not have the saving grace that we have, known as, well, the middle gem. Indeed. As we end segment number one. Oh, <laughs> yes. And a most appropriate gem, indeed, I must say. They're all gold this week, because who would have thought rock and roll would just avail itself so readily to songs about bashing your life and your boss and your job? Yeah. Go figure. Yeah, and, and I got to say, uh, props to Johnny T. He pulled the, uh, pulled the, the what is the right word, the restriction I, guess. <laughs> I, I on, brought my on, co-pilot on Rolling Stones yes. tunes, Rolling Stones gems to let Several this one through. Several groups of yours. We've lifted you out of uh, what music jail, whatever you want to call <laughs> Something it. Something like that. Music the purgatory. band has been lifted. Gem purgatory. Yes, but uh, but yeah. Anytime I have this opportunity, you know I'm going to drive a truck through it. You know I'm going <laughs> to take advantage, and you know I'm going to dig deep. And uh, and this one is. A gem of gems. It is the definition in my mind of gems. There's a little something off of uh, the Rolling Stones' uh, very, very underrated It's Only Rock and Roll album. Uh, this is a song called Luxury. And I gave it a total thumbs up, folks. Good tune. We're going to play it for you now, and then we'll be back in a couple minutes with some more things and provocative stuff. Stay tuned. <laughs> Drink it All the whiskey too 
Yes, that felt good. Do you feel that that was your appropriate? I do. I do. It was comeback a, yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. That was, All right. That was a moment. That was. That was. Uh, I don't want to call it an epiphany. Uh-huh. Um, but it was. It was definitely cathartic. It, it felt good. I'll be good for the next couple of weeks. You know, won't be any more stones, gems, or suggestions. Well, we'll see. For we'll a few see. more weeks. <laughs> see, folks. I happen to keep this beautiful Excel spreadsheet. Of Damn every jam we played on every show, now uh, 145 shows. And he beats me with it every right. freaking week. Either three or four gems apiece, so that, that's a lot of tunes. So I said to myself, self, I never wanted to repeat, because that kind of takes some of the vigor out of yeah, the choice. Yeah, yeah. So I wrote them down. And I will admit, I've tried <laughs> to sneak a few in just to see if Johnny was paying attention, but... Damn him, he's on it. I'm he's not on senile it. yet. Sometimes I don't uh, even need to look at the spreadsheet because I got a mind like a steel trap. You know, whoever <laughs> invented the, the, the Excel spreadsheet, I hope you rot in hell if you're not already there. But we digress. We digress. Indeed. So that was Luxury off of the, uh, the uh, 1974 Rolling Stones. Like I said, um, I thought kind of un, unrated, underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only rock and roll album. Um, the song itself was recorded in Munich, Germany in early 1974. Uh, and then of course, It's Only Rock and Roll was the last album to fe- feature Mick Taylor on guitar before Ronnie Wood stepped in. Indeed. And uh, a lot of people considered it a transition album uh, because the Stones you know, were always a blues-based mm-hmm. band, but with the coming of It's Only Rock and Roll, they started weaving in funk and reggae. You know, Their previous album, Goat's Head Soup, uh, was heavily reggae-influenced. Uh, that was primarily coming from Keith. And it progressed onward through its only rock and roll and really became the stone sound of the late 1970s, you know, as was, uh, you know, exhibited primarily in Some Girls, mm-hmm. you know, which is the culmination, I think, of all that. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I always considered it a very underrated album. It reminds me of Summer Times and, and Beer and, and Beach and all that <laughs> good shit, you know, from... Our long, long ago youth. Sure, you know? but uh, but yeah, the subject matter of the song is, of course, about you know laborer working his fingers to the bone, where his you know rich Texas boss gets even richer. Yep, and that would be the segue into our subtopic for the day: the nightmare boss. Yes, you haven't lived until you've had one of these, <laughs> and we've all had them. So we've all lived, and oh, certainly we've all worked. You, but yeah, yeah you, this is our uh, top three. Horrible bosses, either real or fictional. <laughs> and was it not difficult to just keep it keep it to three? I even went down so your road. Many. I had a couple honorable mentions, yep. which I'll yep. get to when my turn comes up. But you know, it's uh, that line from Saving Private Ryan when okay. Tom Hanks' character says, "You know, this is how complaints work. It goes from the top to the bottom." Right. You never, or you rarely. You hear the boss complain about, oh, my, my slew workers, they're, they're so horrible. It's always like the workers talking about the boss. Yeah. You know? And the old axiom about how shit rolls downhill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. Yeah. And as any boss would, would tell you, you know, people and our employees, oh, God, I sound maudlin saying this. <laughs> they're always our greatest resource. They really are. Oh, and doubt. You know? No, without a doubt. And the, the, the good ones will raise up the entire operation, and the bad ones will... I'll drag it all down. Yeah. It's a baloney skin flat tire. Yeah. And I will say, too, that, you know, coming up, I was heavily, heavily critical, you know, of every one of my bosses, you know. Until you this became the boss. Yeah, exactly. This guy's an idiot. He doesn't Heavy know Heavy is the doing. head that wears the crown, this eh? This is the truth. This is the <laughs> truth. There's, there's those old axioms that ring true yep. when you 
hit that level, when you become that person, and then it's like, oh, wow. And then you see the young buck coming up behind you that's doing the same thing to you, and yep. it's like, oh, one day, kid, one day. This <laughs> will all be yours. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, yes. like I said, these are, in some cases, real people that are notorious for being horrible to work for. Yeah. And sometimes uh, like an actor or an actress just exceeds their mandate and betrays just... So perfectly, the ultimate terrible person to work for. Oh yeah, and and with with I I don't know about you, but I mixed in fiction with reality. I did too. And yep. with the fictionals, they do seem to be channeling actual people. Oh, of course, you yeah. Know? It's a and, method uh, acting at work. Yeah, totally. So, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'm going to leap out into the lead here. And, All right. And you mentioned method acting, and I'm going <laughs> to cite you know one of the masters of the method acting. Uh, Meryl Streep. Oh. Uh, for my number three choice, I'm going to go with Miranda Priestley, the boss character from The Devil Wears Prada. Nice and modern and timely. Yeah. You hit on both counts. And there. if you didn't see that movie and her portrayal of Miranda didn't give you douche chills, <laughs> then you have not lived yet, my friends. You have not lived. Yeah, yeah just that girl working. I, I had seen it once, and it's just the, the tale of somebody working their ass off for a boss, and nothing's good enough. And, and the boss just. Bitch slapping her down every every opportunity, time, every turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, repeated the, the the one segment they go through when she repeatedly walks in the door, throws her coat on the kid's desk, just boom, boom, yeah. boom. You know, she's throwing this, you know, five thousand dollar mink in the kid's face, like bam, there you go. <laughs> Get me my coffee, wench. You know, yeah. and yeah, they're out there and they are real. They no doubt exist. And uh, and yeah, props to uh, props to Meryl Streep for nailing that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what you got for number three, Johnny? Well, that's a pretty good palate cleanser there. Uh, no, first, <laughs> I'm going to do my, my honorable mention. Oh, okay. Which is kind of a dated piece because this person had since passed on. All right. Um, but uh, some years ago, maybe 20 now at this point, okay. uh, former owner of the Cincinnati Reds, Miss oh. Marge Schott, avowed oh. Nazi as it came oh. out <laughs> to the tail end of her tenor wow. as the Reds owner. This lady was a wackadoo. Now, first of all, she's, you know, this typical senior citizen built like a fire plug house frow carrying like eight yeah, liters of yeah. a beer to the table. I'm going to tip my age in this, but Alex <laughs> Karras had nothing on her, man. Exactly. John Matuzak, Alex Karras in drag. Hard <laughs> shot, only pawn in Game of Life. Like that kind. <laughs> oh, man. And she would take... The, the hair sh from Shotzi, her dead dog, Ugh. and rub it on the Cincinnati Reds players for good luck. Yeah. Now, these are the same Cincinnati players that she would later be heard to utter racial epithets up to and including the N-word. And flat out didn't care. Didn't care. Didn't care. Marshot, don't care, not she fair. She was a beast. Beast. So finally, MLB got hip to this, and they're like, look, we, we got to do something. You are a public relations disaster. Right. So yeah. she you know, went bye-bye, not yep. after a little bit of a tumult, but eventually she went bye-bye. Indeed. So that was my honorable mention. Wow. <laughs> so dipping my toe, uh, my number three was actually... Uh, a real life person. Yeah, kids, get your history books out. There you go. Um, and yeah, going off of that, ironically enough, my number two choice, who was obviously an inspiration oof. to this woman. Let, let's well, let's let's keep that under wraps. You want me to right keep now. that? You yeah. want me to hold back? Okay. Let me at least do my official number three first. Oh well, that wasn't yeah. the number three. No, that was my honorable mention. Oh wow. Okay, I'm sorry. Look at you jumping to my grave. I know. Damn it. Well, it was a good segue. I saw the opportunity <laughs> for a good seg. <laughs> It'll happen. All right. All right. My number three, yep. uh, based on real life and a profession that's kind of close to my heart in some ways. Okay. Miss Leona Helmsley, Ho. former hotel magnate. 
from New York City. Jesus. Uh, if you didn't remember, she was the one with the husband that was like half dead sitting in his own pee in a wheelchair and she was kind of running the yeah. show. Yeah. And was just flat out like... Vicious. Yeah, she was the the evil incarnate version of like a Cruella DeVille she taking the, flesh. She was the ice queen. Yes. Just nasty. Just mean and abusive to all of her staff and... <laughs> You know, some people at the time, this is yeah. like one of those watershed moments where yeah. people, they, they decided to start calling somebody who was one thing something else. Yeah. So those that looked at her like a, a hard-driving, tough woman in a man's business, harump, right. harump. Right. No, it became, who is this bitch? I mean, yeah. She needs to go away. Yeah, completely and totally nasty, yeah, vicious, but just awful. No just one awful. would ever say anything positive about working no. for her. No, and it was funny because, yeah, that was... I believe it was the 1980s. Yep. And that was when Greed was good and Gordon Gecko was everybody's hero. Right. And yeah, people looked at her and, and it was kind of a, I don't know, confusion. It's like, okay, is she really this vicious bitch or is she just really, really good at what she does? And right. Eventually, we came to the conclusion that no, she's a vicious yeah. bitch. She's awful. She, totally. She would eat her young <laughs> and pick her teeth with their bones. Not cool. She would slap you if only her little T-Rex arms could reach your head. Yeah. So wow. over to you, sir, with a big number two. Okay, yes. Yeah, so back to that segue. <laughs> um, who, you know, person who, if you know anything about Marge Shout, uh, was an obvious inspiration to her. I am, of course, talking about Adolf Hitler. Oof, the bottom just dropped out of this room. Working for this guy. <laughs> I mean, people, you know, when it gets to the point where people are trying to kill your boss, you know, where bombs are going off around him and shit like that, yeah. when he takes down an entire country... That's unprecedented. That's the epitome of a really bad boss. I mean, am I a bad person, though, if I say, well, he did get the Autobahn built? Did he? Yeah. Wow. And there was the, the Volkswagen Beetle they, yeah. they attributed to him. No. And let's not forget delicious Fanta Cola. And there are other flavors as well. Fanta? Yes. Fanta is a Nazi beverage. Didn't that cause you gut rot? No. No? Well, maybe it does. I don't know. Oh, okay. But it's only because, the you know, here in the States, we're like, no, Nazis are bad. You can have no more Coca-Cola. So they invented Fanta and started the public franchise, <laughs> which exists to this day. Well, just be careful. because As many, does the Volkswagen many, Beetle. Many a good career has ended with the phrase, well, Hitler had some good ideas. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah I am I not. Don't please, go there. I am not going down the road. I am not going to say he had the trains running on time. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> like that. He was a bad man. He, he he was stinky. He's just not good people. Yeah, anybody that like tries to exterminate an entire race of people is probably not the guy you want to be working for. It's not the guy you want to be depending on for a paycheck at the end of the week. Just right. not good. Exactly. Not good. And know? good fences make good neighbors. I'm looking at you, Sudeten Lamb. Ho. Message. Obscure, so anyway. Obscure reference there. No one's going to get <laughs> that. You think? But, eh, yeah. we'll give it a well, shot. Google it, you know? Google it. <laughs> All right. I what do you got believe... for a number two, Johnny? How do you follow that as uh, a horrible yeah, boss? Yeah, I'm setting the bar high, aren't I? Good Jeez. Lord. I should have put, like, Igor's point of view. <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein was a real shit to me. Dr. Right? Frankenstein would have been good. Yeah. yeah. Renfield. But instead, okay. I went from the entertainment spectrum from one of my favorite movies, Office Space. Oh. The immortal... Bill Lumberg. Oh, you want to talk about douche chills? Oh my God! Yeah. What's happening? Wow. Yeah, just Bill Lumberg all day, and I've had bosses like him that were just okay. They would just Ew. weasel away into your day and ruin it somehow. Again, another another iconic figure from the 1980s. Right. 
You know? And it kind of reminded me of one of my first design jobs with this heretofore unnamed company. Yeah. And for some reason, the owner of the company would have me pitch my design ideas to everybody who had a cubicle in the office. Okay. 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 Now, there's a thing about people that are, oh, what's the word? Classically trained artists and designers and copywriters. We don't give a flying F what the guy in the street thinks. <laughs> okay. Just saying. All and right. I would go around to these people who fit that description I just laid out. Like, yeah. Well, it's good, but you know what? My, my son drew this on a napkin last night, and I think it's adorable. Okay, well, send your son down to the printers then and, and do the logo. <laughs> what, what, what do you want from me, lady? Oh, Hated that. Yeah. But yeah, it was Lumberg-esque in that. It was just kind of like, whatever you do for a living, just like demean it to the simplest of nothings. Like, yeah. you don't matter at all. Yeah. And they, they come and they tell you to do the same thing the same way, like you're a child. And it's just... I don't know. Just sucks the life out of the room. Yeah. If you've never seen Office Space, you owe it to yourself. Go watch it, rent it, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, props to whoever the actor was that played him. Gary Cole. Gary Cole. You know, because, (laughs) yeah, he nailed it. I actually is one of apparently the few people in the known universe who have not seen Office Space. Thank God for YouTube clips. (laughs) But, yeah, Johnny insisted on showing me a couple of these before the show just so I would understand his choice. Exactly. And, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. I mean, some about the 80s, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. So that brings you to your number one. Your yeah. Number well, this, one. Is, this is where I throw in my honorable mentions, because I tend to do it on the back end as opposed to the front end. Gotcha. Uh, I got to throw out J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> yeah. An yeah. Erudite choice. Complete F and Looney Tunes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry if you don't completely understand what I'm saying. I'm not going to explain it. If you don't know who J. Edgar Hoover is, yeah. then, yeah, so much for you. You know, some obsessive-compulsive bosses uh, turn out to be Steve Jobs. This is and true. And they come up with innovations out the kazoo, like the Elon Musks and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then there's those that will use their um, uh, obsessive-compulsive traits to, well, hunt down and vilify friends and family. Kind of go way <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> Just really, really go off the yeah. rails. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, and then, well... I guess dressing up as a woman isn't really frowned upon these days, is it? Eh. Answer me, left leaner. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it was, a, and <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a, a situation where he got dirt on everybody else because he had so many skeletons in his oh, yeah. own, oh yeah, closet. There was a great movie about uh, about the, I think it was the Cuban Missile Crisis a few years back, and the two actors going back and forth with JFK and uh, and his brother Bobby. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby was getting on JFK about you know hanging with the Rat Pack. Because, you know, Hoover was having a, a problem with it. And the guy who was playing JFK, I forget his name, but he had a great line. He's like, oh, hasn't he had his estrogen today? <laughs> I was like, boom, you know. And again, if you don't yeah. know your history and you don't know who J. Edgar Hoover is, I can't help you. But if you yep. do know what I'm, you know, what I'm talking about here. As but, the PSA used to say, it's all in books. There you go. There you go. And my, my second honorable mention is, of course, the megalomaniac James Cameron. And it's hard to go into Hollywood because there's so many of oh, them yeah. in Hollywood. I mean, you could reel off a list of a hundred of these. Some of these people actually aspire to be that person because they think <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to work. Yep. And yeah, James Cameron, absolutely brilliant filmmaker. Um, you know, the results speak for themselves, but from what I understand, a roaring asshole. P.O.S. Yeah, and just a really, really brutal guy to work with. So those are my honorable mentions. My number one pick, and I'm going to you know, plumb the depths of Hollywood once again for the epitome of the worst boss. And I am, of course, speaking of none other than Darth Vader. 
I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, he's not very supportive. <laughs> well, you know, when when you screw up and your boss chokes you to death, he chokes yeah. you out. And I guess it's, it's it's a commentary on me that I actually had to pause a second <laughs> before I was like, he's awfully efficient. It's it's it takes effort to get Johnny T to pause, folks. So I'm I'm gonna pat myself on the back. But on very that one. simply, my my computer like mind yes. did the math and and realized that only one of his generals ever won a battle in the original series. Yeah. So that makes him not a very good administrator. From the Star Wars geek himself. There you go. And General yeah, Veers you know, on Hoth. Yeah. When when <laughs> you know your boss informs you that you've been promoted and your first thought is, oh shit, I'm gonna die. Right. Bad because boss. your predecessor just collapsed at your feet. In front of you, yeah. <laughs> Horrible person to work for. Horrible. In space, there is no HR department. <laughs> and there it is. Right. Well, my number one, again, I'm going to go with a, a character from a beloved TV series. And the minute I thought of this as a subtopic, yeah. this cat was in, the, it was in the driver's seat. Okay. And there was never even an if, well, maybe this or maybe No. Slam dunk. I had to totally 1,000% go with Louis De Palma from Damn. Taxi. <laughs> nice. What are you bozos doing here? I mean, it's it's it. Look, it, it it's basically the breakout role for Danny DeVito, even mm-hmm. though he had been in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and some other features. Oh yeah, this was him. He invented himself, and he's not even like the boss because you would never see the boss. He hid up in the office yep. on the second level. Yeah. But Louis was a dispatcher, and the way he tormented these taxi drivers... Oh, he was outrageous. Absolutely. Out- I mean, he was so off the wall, just right. completely out there, crazy, yep. like the epitome of the worst boss, that it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, just and because it takes hilarious. place in a, a taxi garage in New York City, it's like we were all in on the joke, and we didn't hate him for it. No, no, We at were all. cheering. Like, the, the, the more he... Whipped the lash on these taxi drivers. <laughs> the funnier he was, and we loved it. Oh yeah, that's just absolutely. Riga. Yeah, <laughs> just a beautifully, beautifully gifted comedic actor. Right to take that character who everybody should loathe and absolutely hate, and and make him something that was just like unbelievably yeah. funny. And everything that all of these taxi drivers kind of did, supposedly in, in real life, like Tony was the boxer. He would never stop making fun of his boxing record. Yep. Then you had Jeff Conaway played the actor. He would always ride him because he wasn't in any <laughs> acting jobs. Yep. So on and so forth. Just and the epitome just, of the worst, worst possible boss. Right. You know, he would seek out your, your, your vulnerable points and <laughs> just blast you. Just blast you with them. Oh, my God. So there we have it, folks. That was just, and it's, look, you go on and on with this. I mean, we didn't even touch on the the, the Epsteins of Hollywood. Oh, we God. didn't touch on any of these other the corporate morons. I mean, look, I'm sure Steve Jobs was not a delight to work for. No. But maybe, you know, through humor, we see a little little, little clarity. Oh, yeah. We well, seem uh, to get a lot of license from being, quote, unquote, brilliant, like the Steve Jobs or the Elon Musks. Yep. Of the world, you know, I was telling you, I, I read something this week where somebody was fawning over him because, you know, Elon works eighteen-hour days right alongside his his employees and what he demands out of them. And it's like, well, yeah, but the guy's a billionaire, okay? Yeah. He's yeah. he's already made all the money, so f him. He can work the eighteen-hour days. Jeff Bezos, everybody, you know, the yeah. Walton Amazon machine. It's oh, it's too big to fail. Blah blah blah. Look, your people in the factories are pissing in bottles because they can't get a break. Yeah. I mean, so just get this From, guy off your shoulders. Yeah, Thank you. all accounts, he's a roaring asshole. Right, you know? so keep that in mind. And as almost like a wrap-up of both of our topics together, Yes. you know, one thing that Mike and I totally agree on is when you're in charge of other people, 
you got to remember that this this is their life, you know, and nobody likes going to work. That's why we call it work because it's not something you'd normally be doing yep. when you want to do so many other things. So at the very least, recognize the fact that truly, not to be, you know, corny, yeah. but truly people are the greatest resource at any job. I don't care what you do. Yep. And when you treat them well, they repay you with a hard day's work in well, 99% of the cases. Yeah, that's the bottom line. And, you know, you don't... I mean, as much as we're laughing at the, yep. you know, Louis De Palmas and the Miranda <laughs> Priestleys and the Darth Vaders, you know, yeah, don't be that guy. Yeah, or gal. Yeah. Don't be that. Or or they, because there's pronoun that people think, now, yeah, too. That, oh, my can goodness. Can we throw a they in on that? No, no, no just, that, let's get no? out while we okay, can. Good, okay, good. so we're coming up now to the magical third yes. gem, brought to you also by Mr. Michael Sean Lee. And another pass granted to me by Johnny T. By another um, one of his band musical groups. Indeed, indeed, which means this will be the last time you hear this band on Riffs and Rants <laughs> for quite a few weeks until I can sneak in another one. Yep. But, uh, but fortunately, Johnny is susceptible to logic and... <laughs> After hearing this song, he felt that this was appropriate. This is, of course, about the drudgery of going to work every day and uh, and surviving. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was no no band that represented the everyman like the Clash. And there you go. So we're going with the Magnificent Seven. Yep. Enjoy it, folks. We'll be back with a couple things and a wrap up right after this. <laughs> Entertainment, cops kicking chips 
trees on the pavement Now the news has left to attention Lunar landing of the dentist convention Italian monster shoots a lobster Two foolish drunk kicks out of hand Car in the fridge, a fridge in the car My cowboys do in TV land some clash and it's a good <laughs> tune now honorable mention uh well not really but we had, we had a bunch of songs lined oh, up for that a, number it was three a tough call it was, it was a, a traffic call. jam of quality gems yeah but this one hit the mark lyric wise it just absolutely did. absolutely I had to go with it yeah and of course that was the magnificent seven from the clash that was the third single off their fourth album the Magnum Opus Sandinista album <laughs> that was uh, that came out in April of 1981. Very interesting time period for music. Uh, the song was inspired by old school rap and hip hop. An artist like Grandmaster Flash and the Sugar Hill Gang. Uh, Joe was clearly rapping the lyrics, and uh, that was something that you know, being in New York at the time, that the Clash were totally dialed into. 
was, you know, the whole dance music underground. At the right. time, this stuff was all very underground in New York. And uh, Mick Jones, in particular, was dialed into it, and they took and ran with it, and they came up with the Magnificent Seven. So you just want to keep you around. <laughs> you, you, I was you, wondering about that. You're I coming was. out of left I field was. with these facts, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't even know anybody else that knows as much about like the story behind these songs and these groups. You know, you've forgotten more than I know. I got to give you ah, serious props well, on I that. I appreciate that, Johnny. It's good fun. It's good fun. It, it feels good, and you know, if you're gonna obsess about something. You know, obsessed well, about music. Yeah, right? about the good stuff. <laughs> so, anyway, what do we got going on in Big Boom Radio this week, Johnny? Oh man, the horizon is bright and yet chock full of work. Speaking of a work-centered topic for today, all right, I came up with an idea. Oh, this okay. is where women and children run and hide. Oop, oop. Get the girls out of the way. Get the girls out of the way. Yeah, Look well, out now. You know, as, as we've done before for the, the summertime holidays, we like to have yes. a special theme event. Absolutely. And whilst we're working on something for Memorial Day, it's yes. still taking shape. Heard some very interesting ideas on yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, I've already nailed the one for July. Okay, what do you got? So on July 4th, the, the birth of our nation, Yes. I figured... You've been talking about the queen again? On Independence Day. <laughs> Let's celebrate it uh, as a combined effort with the 50th anniversary of the first album uh, of the same name, yes. released by Queen. Wow. Right? Like, right. you don't feel old already. Yeah. Uh, and Jesus, in, in 50 a, years? Right. Really? 50 years. Wow. And on a holiday when we, you know, run through the streets banging pots and pans, listen to me like it's 1950, <laughs> saying, we don't need no king, we don't need no queen. Well, perhaps... We do need a we do queen need a in our queen. lives, yes, right? Yes. How about 24 hours worth? Because that's what we're doing right here on July 4th. And because 4th. nobody else would even think of doing Not this. even think. Now, this is so original, it's... Right? It's, it's wow. Like, we thought we peaked with our Thursday three-in-a-row rotation. Yes. None of this twofer nonsense, eh. like it's 1980. Oh, yeah, no. That's, that's what the amateurs do. We do three-in-a-row. That's right. Well, I have not yet had... <laughs> The inspiration to do twenty more or less twenty four hours. It's like twenty one because we got our regular shows yeah. you know, involved. Yeah. But yeah, twenty three hours of Queen. They've got enough in their catalog. I'm sure they do. And Johnny's got some overseas shit, some live stuff. You name it. You got trust some, me. You got some Queen gems. We do, and we're playing them all, baby. We're taking them out <laughs> a whole new door. So that's what's happening on July fourth. Only here on Big Boom Radio, folks. Only here on Big Boom Radio. And then, of course, at the end of the summer season. We will um, do again now for the third annual uh, Classic Rock Showcase Laborthon. Yeah. Just episodes of the Classic Rock Showcase from A to Z okay. all damn day long. Stuff to look forward to. I like being the soundtrack to people's barbecue Hell's the and air. cornhole championships <laughs> and moonshine <laughs> swigging. Whatever you're doing, yeah. you know, we want to be a part you of it. You do need a soundtrack for this stuff. You do. And you know what makes it work, my friend? Yeah. The fact that there's zero commercials. I like that. So nobody... Uh, there's really... The downside is there's no good time for a pee break, right? Because there's always something going on. You know, you gotta you gotta rise above though. You know, every once in a while yeah. you gotta step up. But imagine that concept: you're driving along in your car on a given day, and you uh, log on to us, let's say in your car via the MyTuner app. I've heard of this, which is free in Google Play and the Apple Store. Ooh, there's that word again: free. Free. Yes, we love free. We and of course, it's part of Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, so you could plug this sucker right into your car. 
if it's like five years old or, or, or less. <laughs> and boom, you're driving around with Big Boom Radio, listening yeah. to you and me. Go figure, right? Absolutely. You will be the envy of all your friends. And again, with no commercials. And let's say that again for emphasis. No, no commercials. commercials. <laughs> Right? No jingles, just jams. I believe you've yeah. got a license plate that Rock says as heaven, such. 24-7. Bingo. So that's what we're going to leave you folks with. So get excited. I am. Hell yeah. It's just going to work. So as always, thank you so much for joining us. And I am Johnny Teflon. And I am Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. <laughs>